Hi, my name's Emmy. And I'm Kayla. We've been best friends since college, where we found out we had a lot in common. We were both vibrant communications majors who met at a leadership camp. We've shared some of life's major milestones together, from living together in college, first loves and breakups, to each of our weddings, and now we even have our own families. I recently moved back from North Carolina after living there for four years. We now live in the same town again. One of the biggest things that's connected us have been our pasts dealing with trauma. I struggled with an eating disorder for a lot of my childhood and an early adulthood. And I was sexually assaulted by a family member over a long course of time as a young kid. We wanted to start this podcast not only to share our stories with the world, but to give other people the opportunity to share their stories and give them a voice. No matter your age, race, or gender, everyone has a story, and we're here to break down barriers constructed by today's taboo society. This is Motherful. Powerful moms, powerful topics. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Motherful, Powerful Moms, Powerful Topics. Today we have an exciting thing to talk about. We're talking about our mystery topics. So we're going to do my mystery topic. Kayla has no clue what my topic is. Very nervous. But before we go into that, we'll do our what are we excited about segment here. And I will go with mine first because I told you I already gave you a preface of what I I Mm -hmm. wanted to share on the podcast. Over Christmas, which just passed, I went to my family's house, and my grandfather was not there. I, th- I think he they finally got the picture that he's not invited for holidays. Awesome. But I had gone into the holidays expecting, like, I had been working on a letter to him mm-hmm. for a couple months now, a couple different drafts, and... Before I went to their house, I finished the letter that I wanted to to read to him. And I didn't know if he was going to be there or not. Mm -hmm. And when he wasn't there, I was like, oh, well, I guess I could wait till another time. Mm -hmm. But I decided to leave it for him. (gasps) Awesome. So I I wrote him. It was like a two-page letter. And I left it. I didn't leave it directly on his his chair. He has a specific chair. But I left it beside it with his, like, newspaper and stuff Mm -hmm. because I thought thought that if people saw it there, they would read it or my grandma would just throw it away, you know, something like that. So, I mean, I have no way of knowing if he actually read it or not, but I'm going to choose to believe that he did. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to move on with that part of my life. I I, I'm going to, I don't think we'll ever, you know, discuss it in person, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to choose to believe that. He now knows my thoughts and feelings about what he did. Mm-hmm. And how does, that, how does that help you with, like, your healing process? Is that, like, a big turning point for you? It is. I feel so much better, honestly. Really? For a couple months, whenever I started this healing, I was like, I wish he would just die. Like, and then I wouldn't have to deal with anything. And I'm sure a lot of survivors have the same feeling. Like, they wish they would, their abusers would just die. Mm-hmm. But the farther I got into it, the more I realized that he did not deserve to die without knowing what he's done to me mm-hmm. and what he's put me through. Yeah. And now that I wrote in the letter and I gave it to him, I'm like, okay, bye. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I concluded the episode, or the episode, <laughs> the letter with saying, you are not my family. You are not my grandfather. You are just the man that molested me. Wow. That was kind of like signing your divorce papers yep. to your abuse. Yep. yep. Wow. I'm proud of you. And in the letter, I also wrote, and remember, when you do die, I will still be heal- here healing from the abuse that you caused me. Mm-hmm. Wow. I really hope you raise it. I, I'm going to choose to believe you did. Mm-hmm. But. 
Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, that's really exciting. That's more exciting than my my good my good news. My good my good news. We got this uh, fitness game for the Nintendo Switch. Like the Nintendo Switch is like our family Christmas present from Santa, and it's really awesome because it has this leg piece that you put on and it'll track how far you jog and you can do crunches with the one steering piece you can do push-ups and pull-ups tells you how many calories you burn and you fight monster fitness monsters wow yeah it's really cool i burned like over 1500 1500 calories doing it yesterday well i'll have to come over and play sometime with you i love i love i used to have a wii and i used to do just dance on it so i just we got just dance too yeah the Mm -hmm. nintendo Wii's and the switches they're really good for that kind of thing mm-hmm. and as i walked in today to your house i'm like oh you got your kids a a, a switch Ugh, yeah. are they ready they're they're still like little babies in my mind are they ready for a switch but yeah. in that sense you know you can actually do things with them as a mm-hmm. family you know it's not just giving them a playstation tablet. controller yeah. or a tablet so see that's the thing like they haven't been wanting to come to our house because they don't have a tablet here and that's all they do so we got the switch that's something to do like exercise and to do as a family family not just sit there and stare at a screen like a mindless zombie yeah good yeah fun we'll definitely have to have dance competitions okay (laughs) so i am going to give you a hint of what my mystery topic is going to be and before we go in any farther i will also warn you again we do have children with us today four four children today so you you will hear screaming, you will hear door slams, you'll hear stomping, but... Probably the miniature toys running through the hallway, the yep. wide ones. Yeah. Yep. My... I actually have two hints. So my okay. first hint is animal. Okay. And my second hint is that it's sort of controversial, but I believe your family has had experience with it. Hunting? No. Poaching. That's a good one, though. That's poaching. No, I was gonna say uh, people who sexually assault animals, but I'm like, Ooh. my family has not. Had any <laughs> oh god! That. Oh god! That um, would be a, I think, a tough cop, uh, topic to cover um, there. You ready? Yeah. I even have on my note cards. Do a drum roll. Drum roll. Drum roll. <laughs> Animal breeding. Okay. Okay. Specifically focusing on dog breeding because okay. that is the the main focus. Okay. I believe I, I remembered you saying that your parents at one point had maybe done a little dog Corey's breeding. parents, yep. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So before we go into the specifics behind my topic, I am a believer in adopt, don't shop. Mm-hmm. But I understand why people choose to buy dogs from breeders. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different needs of the families that go into considering about getting a dog you have to consider what kind of breed you specifically need that are going to be good for families Mm -hmm. that are going to be good for your your lifestyle you Mm -hmm. know but for me i can't picture myself ever paying hundreds or thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. for a dog like that's insane to me like a purebred yeah 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 it's crazy and I don't think these people are bad. I want to go in with saying mm-hmm. like I do not. Be- I'm not going to condemn anyone that buys dogs from breeders because that's your choice, mm-hmm. and it is my choice to not want to do that. But, mm-hmm. and I know you're not a crazy dog person. You you guys have tried a couple, a couple I, situations yeah. before. I can't. De- I I'm like OCD about dog hair. Like I can't have it everywhere. But, but you grew up with dogs. Yes. Yep. We had Shih Tzus and Maltipoos. 
And was that poodle. hard for you to grow up with those dogs because of those reasons? They are hyperallergenic dogs, so they don't shed as much. Oh, okay. Yes. Do you know what the most expensive dog breeds are? Um, I want to say golden doodles are getting up there because I've seen a lot of people breeding golden doodles on like the book of faces lately. The most expensive dog is actually a Tibetan Mastiff. Do you oh, know what those huge. are? Those huge they're dogs. Horses. They start at two thousand dollars. Oh my goodness! And they can go up to millions of dollars. Millions. In 2014, a Chinese man sold a Tibetan Mastiff for $1.4 million. Oh my gosh. And that's a, an article according to PetKeen.com. The second most expensive dog breed is called a Czechoslovakian Wolf Dog. They're $50,000 and they're extremely rare because they're only available in Czech. Okay, so when you say wolf, do they actually have like wolf? Jeans, I, I'm, I'm, I would assume so. They, okay. they look like wolves, wolves, you know? Yeah. And some of the other more common dog breeds, such as so a golden retriever, yeah, starts at about $500 and can go to about $3,000. Okay. Other breeds, such as adoptioned, the wiener dogs, okay, they start at $500 and go to $3,000. And my personal favorite kind of dog is a corgi. Mm -hmm. They start at about $1,000. That's not too shabby. I also researched what the most bred breeds are from animal breeders. And the top ones, according to the American Kennel Club in 2020, were German Shepherds, Golden Retrievers, Poodles, and French and English Bulldogs. Mm -hmm. The main focus of why I wanted to talk about animal breeding is to focus on puppy mills. Okay. You know what yes. puppy mills are, I assume. But for those that do not, they are just categorized as commercial dog breeding facilities focusing on profits with little overhead cost. The health and welfare of animals are not a priority. So when everyone thinks of puppy mills, they think of these horrible facilities mm -hmm. that are cages uh, mm -hmm. stacked on top of each other, wire floorings. The dogs are kept in there most of their lives. Mm -hmm. I personally think of like an old tattered barn and there's just puppies running around yep. and there's poop everywhere. Yeah. Yep. But there's a difference between a puppy mill and then a breeder mm -hmm. and what I consider to be puppy mill breeders. Okay. So the puppy mills are obviously bad. We, we're going to go into some of those a little bit later. But there are also breeders who operate as puppy mills. They are individual people that have a pair or a couple pairs of breeding dogs, mm -hmm. but they don't care for their dogs. They, mm -hmm. uh, for example, I'll give you, I know someone personally that breeds dachshunds. I think they're dachshunds. Okay. And they have a specific puppy room where their dogs are kept in cages. Mm -hmm. They're not brought out more than a couple times a day. Mm -hmm. I got to meet some of these puppies and they were like, terrified of humans Aww. because they're just kept in cages. Mm -hmm. They don't get exercise and these people are only in it for the money. They're not in it yeah. for the welfare of the dogs. Mm -hmm. So yes, you have the awful barns and the awful facilities of cages but you also have people that are doing the exact same thing it's yeah. not just clean cut of what is a puppy mill yeah so puppy mill facilities the large facilities that we were talking about 
the number one puppy mill state is Missouri. Okay. They're also very popular in Amish and Mennonite communities in uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and New York. I can definitely see that. Yep. My neighbors were actually Amish growing up mm. uh, across from where my parents lived, and they had a puppy mill in their barn. Oh. They, I, I've never, I never saw any dogs, mm-hmm. but you could hear them. Aww. You could hear them barking and whining and crying. And I believe that they were huskies. I believe, like, some of them yeah. were huskies. I don't know if they were all huskies. My mom, actually, I was talking to her about this topic, and she said that she called the animal, like, the animal mm-hmm. warden catcher mm-hmm. dozens of times, and they never did anything. Yeah. They never came out to do anything. It's a shame. It is. The crazy thing that I found out when doing research for this topic is that puppy mills are not illegal. Really? No. Only the mistreatment of the animals are illegal. Okay. Yep. So, if you are, which I don't condone, if you are running a puppy mill humanely, then there's nothing that anyone can do to stop you. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really sad the conditions that they're considering what is a humane puppy mill. Do you have those conditions? I... I don't have the exact, all the specifications, mm-hmm. but like, for example, to be humane, considered humane, the dogs in the cages only have to have six inches of space. What? But what if some puppies are larger than six inches? And I don't know how many puppies are allowed to be in one cage or yeah. if they're all supposed to be separated. Like I, I've seen pictures and like there are multiple puppies all crammed into one cage, yeah. but according to the laws, they only need six inches of living space. And there's no laws that regulate how often you have to let them out of the cages, Mm -hmm. anything like that. So the animal cruelty charges are what's illegal about these puppy mills. Mm -hmm. There are 14 states with no puppy mill regulation laws. Oh. None. There's Mm -hmm. nothing in their law books of what is and what cannot be considered a puppy mill. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of loopholes in the states that do have laws and regulations there's a lot of resistance from dog registries and kennel clubs about getting these laws more strict mm-hmm. because we'll go into it. The The kennel clubs are, if you make more strict laws, like they sound great on paper, mm-hmm. but there are organizations that are going to lose out on money if you do that. Oh, okay. So I actually, for this episode, I watched a documentary mm-hmm. called Dog by Dog. Okay. It's on Amazon Prime Video. It came out in 2015. And one of the biggest things that it focused on was the American Kennel Club. Do you know mm-hmm. what the American Kennel Club I've is? Heard of it, yeah. So the American Kennel Club was formed in 1884. And their mission, according to their website, is promoting the sport of purebred dogs and breeding for type and function. Their objective is to. Advance the study, breeding, exhibiting, running, and maintenance of purebred dogs. So they're like a fancy way to say, oh, Mm -hmm. you're a purebred dog, you can be a part of our club. Mm -hmm. There are registration fees, and I didn't look in to see if it was like a yearly or monthly thing. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these dogs that are being sold at things like pet stores and through breeders have the AKC certification, and it makes them look more fancy. Mm Mm-hmm. But this doesn't mean a whole lot. The AKC Mm -hmm. certification doesn't mean very much at all. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think that it does because it's prestigious and it's like you have to pay to be a member and everything. 
according to this documentary i learned the akc is supposed to do yearly inspections of all facilities that are considered dog breeders puppy mm-hmm. mills they don't release to the public what they're inspecting for they don't okay. say what this is this 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 is what we're expecting for and they don't release their findings they don't say this dog breeder had this this and this that they failed like they don't mm-hmm. they don't let anyone know what they're checking for and they don't release their set their standards or anything like that shouldn't that be public knowledge just like food inspection places you would are? think mm-hmm. but they have kicked breeders out of their program but they don't release the information on why the AKC is constantly opposing new legislation on dog breeders because they will lose out on money. For example, limiting the number of dog breeding pairs that a facility can have, mm-hmm. they would lose out on money because then there's less puppies for that breeder to certify. Okay. They oppose having better, better kennel quality and litter frequency. There are some puppy mills that are breeding on every heat cycle and that mm-hmm. is 100% not safe for the dog yeah i mean like if a woman gets pregnant every nine and a half months oh man mm. so the the quality of life for these dogs in these facilities is atrocious especially the mm-hmm. breeding pairs you know they're being bred every heat cycle they're not getting it they're not pets they're mm-hmm. they're money makers you know yeah. so they're not getting to you know, whenever you think of oh a dog you're like oh snuggly playtime mm-hmm. these dogs are not living that way yeah so how do you tell if you're buying from a puppy mill for, for example or a puppy mill breeder don't buy from a pet store is number mm-hmm. one because a lot of pet stores do buy from breeders because it's okay. cheaper okay that makes sense if you go into a pet store and you ask to see their, because you can ask them where do these puppies come from if they're very aloof about it or won't show you any paperwork well there's your answer like if they won't tell you where the dogs came from that's a red flag shouldn't that be documented though if they're a business it is. It's documented, but they don't want to release that information because if they, it's a puppy mill that they're buying from, then you can look up that breeder that they're getting their dogs from and look at the conditions and look at reviews um, and like look at what other people are, are saying about this facility. Yeah. So their secret would be out, essentially. They are. Another way to tell if you're buying from a puppy mill breeder, like an individual person, is to ask to see the breeding parents and okay. if they won't show you where the dogs are kept or the, the condition of the mother slash father, whatever dogs they have with them, mm-hmm. that's a red flag. But yeah. And the biggest way that is a more common occurrence now that we have the age of technology mm-hmm. is there is no click and buy dog sales. You cannot buy a dog on the internet. If it is a site saying, oh, pay $5.99 here for this dog mm-hmm. and we'll deliver for you. No. No reputable dog breeder will sell their dogs online. Oh, wow. People that are breeding ethically mm-hmm. have waiting lists because they are people... It's, it's word of mouth sales yeah. more, you know. It's not, this is my website, you can buy a dog here. Mm-hmm. And if you can click and buy a dog and it's automatically available, it's a, probably a puppy mill because they have hundreds of dogs just waiting for you to, to buy them. Yeah, that makes sense because my mom, whenever she bought her second puppy, she was on a wait list yep. from the, the people that they were buying their puppies from because they, like the mom and dad, were very, I don't know if they were members of the program, but they were very clean, they were very well kept, and they were on a wait list for a while. Yeah, and something I didn't mention, the condition of the puppies that are being sold through these puppy mills, atrocious. 
Uh, in the documentary that I watched, Dog by Dog, it gave an example of a woman who bought a dog through Click and Buy online. Mm-hmm. And the breeder came to meet her and drop off this dog. And the next day, the dog was lethargic. The dog was Aww. sick. Like, the dogs do not see vets whenever they're in these facilities. So, mm-hmm. a lot of the times you're getting sick dogs that have health conditions. And a lot of it is because of the conditions that they're being bred in. Mm-hmm. Alright, as a surprise, for one of the other things that I did for this episode, mm-hmm. is I did an interview with one of my co-workers. Her oh, name okay. is Taylor. I've mm-hmm. told you about her before. Yeah. And she has six dogs. Oh, wow. And she has experience with breeding her husky Hildy. Okay. And I will go ahead and let you listen to that now. And I'm going to insert it into the, the podcast here for everyone else to listen to. Cool. I am here with my friend Taylor, who has a lot of animals. Many, many animals. So why don't you go ahead and tell us about your animals, their names, their breed, that kind of thing. So we have six dogs currently, four huskies. They are Hildy, Togo, Richard, and Cora. Hildy's the mom. The other three are her puppies. We also have Maggie, who is a lab mix, and Sadie, who is really just a mutt. I'm not even even entirely sure what all she is. We also have three cats, Gus. Trix and Cecilia. Cecilia is your newest one. You just got that one in the past week here. Yes, we actually rescued her from outside. So, so that was seven, right? Seven? Are we at seven? Do you have miscellaneous like fish or anything like that? We are at nine animals, and we have God knows how many fish and shrimp. Mm-hmm. Like I've lost count. Easily over two hundred shrimp and like fifteen fish. So. So the reason I invited you on the podcast today is because we're talking about animal breeding. And I specifically invited you because you have bred your husky, Hilly. Right. Why don't you go ahead and tell us about when you decided that and what made you decide to breed her? So we ultimately decided to breed her after she came into her first heat and we had not fixed her. Just because I've been told by numerous vets that once a female comes into heat... It's advisable to breed once before fixing them just to deter any like future issues. I've never heard that. It was something that I hadn't really heard of until the vet had said it. Ideally, you want to get them spayed before their first heat. So like six months to a year. Yeah, we had cats growing up and we got them all (laughs) fixed before they went into heat for the first time as kittens. Right. Right. I mean, that's what I had done with Sadie just to prevent any issues later down the road. But... Since we had waited with Hildy, she went into heat pretty early. Patrick and I kind of talked it over, my boyfriend, and we decided that, number one, we wanted a male husky, and number two, just for the health of Hildy herself, we would rather, you know, not risk having those hormones in her body and then just cutting everything off all at once. Mm -hmm. Did the vet say, like, why it's recommended to breed them once after they've gone into heat? I think it was along the lines of, like, the hormone balances and everything. Because once you go in, like, once a dog goes into that heat, those hormones are there. I mean, they're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. I know pregnancy fluctuates hormones like crazy. Once they're out of that pregnancy, hormones go down. And I believe it takes down those hormones that came with the heat. Okay. So a lot of it has to do with hormones the estrogen 
estrogen causes cancers in a lot of dogs. So it, it was basically to prevent like ovarian cervical cancer mm-hmm. later down the line. And when you had Hildy had her puppies, how many did you have? Was it six or seven puppies that you had? This was her one and only litter and she had eight. So then at one point, this was before you got the new cat, you had how many dogs and how, like, how many animals in total? So we had puppies? 11 dogs at that point and then the two cats. So we had 13 furry animals running around. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was a madhouse. Yeah, I went over to your house one time. One time while all of the puppies were still there. And strangely, it was a time that they were all kind of lethargic and sleeping. Yeah, they were really good for you. <laughs> yeah. But I remember you telling the stories of the puppies destroying everything. Yeah. We had decided whenever they were really small that we weren't going to cage them simply because there were so many of them. Not only that, but we also thought that it was a good idea to let them explore and play and grow and learn Mm -hmm. as they should. None of our animals are in their crates longer than a couple hours when we're gone. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's how we do it. The animals are happy with it. So it's, it works for us. Right. That was one of the reasons that I when I picked this topic to talk about with Kayla, I was like, I'm not really for animal breeders per mm-hmm. se, but I knew that you had bred Hildy. Right. And the problem that I have with people that decide to breed for profit mm-hmm. do it not very humanely. So they, right. they breed their, their two dogs and then they keep them in cages most of their life. Mm-hmm. Yep. And whenever I I knew that you weren't doing that with your puppies, I'm like, well, this is kind of a different situation. You're not doing this as a career to make money off of. Like you said, it was a a, a one-time thing. You did it for the the health of Hildy in advice of her vet. Right. So what was it like and what was the process of when you were getting ready to sell the puppies? Like how did you decide who to give them to? So we vetted people very thoroughly. It was a matter of the dogs did not go to anybody that we did not know. And if they did go to somebody that we knew, we made sure that they had the means to take care of them. We had sure that they had the interest of the dog in mind. We had told them, you know, these puppies, they're they're our babies. We don't want to see them tied outside or in cages or anything. I mean, I know once you sell the dog, that's not really something you can control. It's not like an open adoption. You can't really be like, right. send me pictures, right. make sure you're doing all right. Right. But I mean, fortunately enough, everybody that we have sold the puppies to, they do keep us updated. I mean, and that's something that we really looked for whenever we were selling them. I mean, it wasn't so much as, hey, here's puppies. Whoever wants them, you can get them. It was more like, we offered to sell them to people as opposed to people coming to us and asking, hey, can we buy these? Right. And that's one of the the biggest things too that a lot of these people that are breeding for profit, I don't know the standards behind what most of them are looking for or if it's just like, oh, you have the money that I need. Right. I don't really care other than that. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, if they're not caring enough to keep their pets outside of cages, like they're raising them in cages, they're probably not going to care too much about where they're going to after they sell them. If they can't, you know, care enough about their own animals, those puppies are just money to them. Right. I mean, it's an income for them. They really don't care if 
somebody gets them that doesn't have the means to take care of them. I mean, once that puppy's sold, they, it's money in their pocket. They don't care what happens to the puppy. And I mean, animal breeding, like it's, it makes a lot of money. A lot of these, I was looking Absolutely. up a little bit of the prices of common breed dogs. Mm -hmm. And for example, like a Corgi, which is a very popular dog breed right now. It's the Instagram worthy. Mm -hmm. I did that in quotations. Instagram worthy dog. They started at $1,000 yeah. per puppy. I mean, the most expensive dog breed that I found was like 50000 for yeah. a Czech and It's like a rare breed wolf dog. Mm -hmm. But it's so crazy to, to think that these people would pay that kind of money, right. in my opinion. And that is one of the things that I wanted to ask about. I know that you have... Did you rescue any of your dogs from shelters? So, none of them were technically shelter rescues. I classify Sadie, my dog that I had had before I got with Patrick... I classify her as a rescue. I'd got her from a co-worker. When I got there, she was outside in a cage with three or four other dogs. The cages were not clean. They were the size of like maybe a half bath bathroom. And I mean, they were puppies. They were eight week old puppies outside in early April. I classify that as a rescue mm -hmm. because she was not getting the love and attention that she required. Right. I mean, I may have gotten her from somebody. I may have gotten her as a puppy, but the condition she was in, she was rescued from. Yeah. So you had one dog whenever you got together with your boyfriend, Patrick. Mm -hmm. How many dogs did he have at the time whenever you guys moved in together? He had two. He had Hildy and Maggie. Maggie did come from a family friend of mine, actually. Patrick's mom had got her and then gifted her to Patrick. And then Hildy was the result of a breeder. Patrick was in, in the market for a husky. He found cheap huskies, went and got her. This breeder also did kind of a let them run free kind of breeding mod or model there. That's one thing. Hildy's never really been in a crate for more than, you know, that little allotted time when we're gone. Mm-hmm. So you went from one dog to three dogs, and you now have eight. Six. Six, six. now. Eight puppies. Right. So how, how did that transition go? What was the biggest struggle of going from one dog, and then now you have a whole house of them? The training. The fact that they picked up things from each other. That was kind of the hardest transition for me. I had Sadie trained very well mm -hmm. before I got there, and then she, Maggie and Hildy were still puppies at the time. And she started picking up their bad habits. So, like, they started training each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, they run the house. So <laughs> well, they do outnumber you, but yeah, quite a we've, lot. We've kind of given up ownership of the house at this point. It's yeah. the dog's house. Oh, gotcha. The whole house is the dog's mm -hmm. house. You Basically. Just, you we just rent a room? We just rent, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the hardest part other than the training, like, the, the cost that goes into keeping so many animals? What's the hardest thing other than what you mentioned? Feeding six dogs is a little expensive, especially six dogs with sensitive stomachs. So finding the right food is tricky. They all have different needs. They're not all the same breed. So that's, that part is a little tricky there. Also with the way vets offices have been lately, we cannot find a vet to get our dogs into. When the puppies were old enough to get their first round of vaccines. We actually went to Tractor Supply and we did the vaccines ourselves. We have been looking for a vet ever since. 
Mm. Nobody is taking anyone. I mean, at this point, it's just kind of trying to find ways to get them their rabies vaccinations. Tractor Supply does them. So that's something that we're looking into. It's something that anybody listening can looking into. They also do microchipping. So the microchipping is going to be a little expensive. Mm -hmm. But I would rather have that done. That way they're licensed for life. And if something were to happen that they were to get out of the fence, if somebody finds them, they can contact us and be like, hey, we have your dog. So what would you say to someone that is thinking about getting a dog, but they don't necessarily know where to start? What, what advice would you give them? I mean, definitely do your research. You want to know what breed is going to be suited for you. You want to know how that breed is going to act. I mean, Huskies are high energy, high maintenance dogs. They're not for everybody. But that is something that you want to keep in mind. Yeah, I think a lot of people go into this when they're thinking about getting a dog and they want a breed-specific dog. They want the breed that, oh, this looks flashy and this is cool. And right. my friend has this type of dog and I really like it. But like, for example, Corgis, I do a lot of Corgis. I think I follow mm -hmm. more Corgi Instagram accounts than I do more people Instagram accounts. I feel that. But Corgis are also pretty high-maintenance dogs and they're not great with children mm -hmm. or for families. Right. So a lot of people that get these expensive breed dogs, they buy them from breeders... They're just not prepared for right. what comes with taking care of that breed. Right. They're buying for cuteness and right. looks Instagram and the, you know, the, the gram. But yeah. Um, yeah, the needs of the dog, that, that is your main priority. That's something that you want to research from the time you're thinking about it. The needs currently, future needs, any health issues you're going to run into, all of that is going to go into budgeting for the animal. I mean, obviously you're going to have like random crazy things that pop up here and there. I mm -hmm. mean, you can't pinpoint when your dog is going to get sick or, you know, if something happens that they're hit by a car. That's not something you can really prepare for. I do, however, recommend pet life insurance and health insurance. That is a thing. It helps tremendously with vet visits. Um, I did recently hear about that. I, mm -hmm. I didn't know about that as a... Yep. I mean, option. it's pretty affordable. I think I had found a policy for like $25 a month. Does that cover um, all of your dogs? It's it's per dog. Oh, okay. Yeah, which, I mean, when you have multiples, it does add up. But that is something that is worthwhile to look into. There's also, I think it's a credit card yes. that like covers yep. vet payments and you mm -hmm. like, it just, that's what just what it does. It's a credit right. card for vet, vet bills. Exactly. And that's, that's a really nice option to have too. Especially if you get into something like your dog, you find cancer. Bills, bills are, are crazy. Yes, bills are going to mount up like crazy. So that helps to give you the options to save or extend your pet's life. But yeah, research. Oh, yeah. Hardcore research. And it's not just researching, okay, I've decided I want a golden retriever. Right. Let me find... I'm going to have to research the, the process of like finding set, like a breeder, but you have to be able to research the breeder that you're, you're getting them from too. Absolutely. Vet every every part of it. Yeah. And I will 100% never condone buying from a pet store because I... No. Horror stories mm -hmm. that we'll, I'm going to talk about with Kayla on the podcast. It's... Don't buy from pet stores if there's no. any lesson from this topic that we're going over. Yeah, I mean, they're treated terribly. You're overcharged. I I mean, I'm not a fan. It's basically like keeping dogs in an aquarium 
And that's where they're kept the entire time they're in that pet store. Yep. Was there anything else that you want to say about your dogs? Anything you want to tell us about breeding? Anything you want to tell us about why living with seven dogs is a great time? (laughs) So, if you're going to breed, do it responsibly. Your dogs are your number one priority when it comes to that. That's their body. It's their, you know, their life that you're dealing with at that point. A happy mom is going to make for happy, healthy puppies. But... Yeah, living with seven dogs, or six dogs, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's, you're never bored. You've always got somebody in your face giving you love. Yeah. So, it's it's a good time. It really is. There's a lot of ups and downs, but at the end of the day, they're my babies and I love them. All right, well, thank you so much for being here with me and talking to me about your dogs. Well, thank you for having me. There are pros and cons of adopting from dog breeders, not puppy mills, Mm -hmm. dog breeders that are ethically dog bred. According to PETA, 6 million animals end up homeless each year. And that's an insane amount. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is coming from dog shelters, you know, animal shelters. I was going to say the states that do have regulations on puppy mills, they're probably the states that see uptick in dog shelters like dogs that don't have homes or runaways and stuff that's probably why they have those laws right and these dog puppy mills once the dogs are no longer able to produce puppies Mm -hmm. they're either surrendered to dog shelters Mm -hmm. or they're killed that's bad because they don't care they don't Mm -hmm. care about the well-being of the dog you know can you guess which dog breed is most likely to be abandoned Bulldogs? Abandoned. Pitbulls. Pit, oh, yeah. Yeah, pitbulls. They get such a bad rap. Have you ever met a pitbull in yeah. your life? They are some of the sweetest mm-hmm. dogs I've ever met. They're not aggressive. They can, any dog I think can be taught to be aggressive, you mm-hmm. know. But they're just the sweetest little love balls whenever you get them. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love pitbulls. According to Best Friends Animal Society, in 2020, about 347,000 dogs were euthanized in shelters. Oh, wow. So you have things, and I didn't do a lot of research into it, but you have things like animal rescues that will keep the dogs until they're able to be adopted out. Mm -hmm. And then you have things like the pounds that euthanize dogs that do not get adopted within a certain amount of time, or Mm -hmm. they don't want to pay for the medical bills for these dogs, so... It's, it's really sad. But on a good note, the 347,000 dogs that were euthanized in 2020 was a 44.5% drop from the year before. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's getting better. It is getting better. And I think there's a lot of discussion. In the mid-2010s, there was a lot of discussion and coverage on puppy mills and dog breeding. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've seen a lot in, in recent years. Mm-mm. But I do think people are becoming a lot more conscious about where they're getting their dogs from, I hope. Yeah. Some pros of adopting from an animal shelter or animal rescue is that they're usually up to date on their vet care. Animal rescues will not sell you or adopt out a dog that has 
vet problems. They will take care of the dog, and when the dog is better, Mm -hmm. then they will say, okay, this dog is now available. Yeah. And they're, they're very particular about who they they let their dogs go to. You know, mm-hmm. they're not just giving it to Joe Schmo off the Schmeet mm-hmm. <laughs> Street. Mm-hmm. They're they're doing their research. You have to fill out an application for these mm-hmm. dogs and you have to show where these dogs are going and they they care about the welfare mm-hmm. of what happens to the dog after the, they get adopted out. Mm-hmm. I think our humane society society asks for references. Yeah. When they fill out the application. Yeah. All these dogs are spayed or neutered before they're adopted out. Animal shelters don't believe in breeding. Mm-hmm. So they do spay and neuter any dog that comes into their facility so that you can't use them as a breeding dog. Okay. The staff at these shelters are going to be able to tell you the personalities of the dogs that you're getting mm-hmm. because they get to work with them every single day. Yeah. You, whenever you go to adopt a dog, usually are seeing them in their kennels. Mm-hmm. So they might not be the personality that you're seeing whenever they're out being walked, out mm-hmm. on playtime. The staff is going to know to tell you what kind of dog you're getting. Mm-hmm. And a lot of shelters even have options where you can take a dog home for a weekend to see how it's going to do with your family. So, like, similar to fostering, you know. Oh, I like this dog. Let me see how it's going to do. And if if you bring the dog home and it's just not great with, like, kids or Mm -hmm. other animals, you know, then you could be like, okay, maybe not this one and try another one for your family. There are, however, cons of adopting from an animal shelter. Mm -hmm. The shelters are pretty strict, from what I've, I've found. And these aren't cons per se. But they, they are very strict in their regulations. A lot of them will ask for vet records. Okay. I found ones that require you to be 21 years or older. Hmm. You have to either own your own house. Or have your landlord's approval to, to get a dog. Which does make sense. Yeah. But for example, I found a shelter that I used to do some work with up in Clarion where we went to college mm-hmm. that you have to have landlord approval and you have to be at that property for over a year. Oh. So like I could, I've been at my place for a couple months now, but I couldn't even adopt a dog from there if I wanted mm-hmm. to because I haven't been there for a year. Yeah. Uh, some places require you to have fenced in yards oh. and some will even do home visits to come oh, and wow. see your property before they just let the dog go mm-hmm. home with you. So, like, it is very strict, and those things are probably pretty, pretty, they're there for a reason, you know? Yeah. These shelters care about where their dogs are going, but at the same time, there's so many hoops to jump through that a lot of the times people that are like, I want a dog, but I don't want to go through all of this, yeah. this work, you know? If you're, and I should say, dog breeders that are ethical dog breeders will be also asking the same questions. Mm-hmm. As many questions you have for a dog breeder, they're going to have the same questions back for you. So, in conclusion of what I wanted to talk about dog breeding and puppy mm-hmm. mills for is dogs are great. Mm-hmm. I love them. I, I'm a cat person, but I love dogs. Mm-hmm. They are a huge responsibility. Yes. Uh, which is why I don't have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my life is crazy enough as it is right now, and I don't think I have the bandwidth to get a dog. Yeah. Maybe one day. As much as I found out doing this topic... There's still so much more that I still could learn about Mm -hmm. dog breeding, puppy mills, and all of that. And the topic honestly makes me want to start a dog rescue. Yeah. I'm like watching this documentary. I'm like, oh, let me save all the puppies Mm -hmm. and like put them in my yard and be an ethical Mm -hmm. like savior, you know. You don't have a fence though. 
one day maybe you know <laughs> it might be in the wheelhouse of one day far in the future of things i might actually do mm-hmm. adopt don't shop is something i'm very passionate about but if you do shop find an ethical breeder someone mm-hmm. who's going to take care of the animals before you get them yeah and a lot of that is going to be asking your friends who got dogs, asking your neighbors. Mm-hmm. Like, it's asking the questions to people, and it's not going online necessarily. Do not go to a pet store. Like, that's one of the yeah. biggest takeaways, too. Those dogs are not... not. It's not it. Like, mm-hmm. as much as you see a dog from a pound or the vet store, and you're like, oh, cute puppy, I want to save them. It's, it's just promoting more of these puppy mills, because the more that people buy, mm-hmm. the more that they're going to keep breeding. Yeah. And finally, the last thing I want to leave everyone with is take care of your pets, you know? They're just like kids. Yeah, just if you get a pet, if you get a dog, a cat, whatever it may be, they're your responsibility and Mm -hmm. they're not just for show. It's not something you put in a cage and be like, look at my dog, look Mm -hmm. at my cat. They're a part of your family, you know? They're they're your responsibility. Mm -hmm. I think that's why some pet stores have all those rules like and those precautions. They want to make sure that you are treating this dog or the pet like a child because eventually it is. Right. When you're getting a, an animal, you have to make sure it fits with your lifestyle. So mm-hmm. there are certain breeds that are the flashier dog breeds. For example, like corgis. I love mm-hmm. corgis. I would never buy a corgi because I couldn't see spending thousands of dollars on a dog like that. But mm-hmm. they're they're not always great family dogs. Like it's just not in their DNA. And like littler dog breeds have a harder time with that. Mm-hmm. So like, just do your research. Yeah, that was a good topic. It definitely wasn't what I thought I was gonna thought you were gonna pick, but that's a it's something that needs to be brought up because right. you see all this stuff about cats. Yeah, lately, lately it's just been all about cats, but you don't really hear much about dogs and our puppy mills lately. Yeah, so make sure you follow us on Motherful Podcast on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Send us any suggestions you have. Let us know if you liked my topic today, mm-hmm. and send us an email at motherfulpodcast at gmail and we'll see you next time. Yeah. See ya. <laughs>